0: This is Chaplain Jake Snodgrass, and this is the ProDeo podcast, where we tackle the issues focused on military, congregational renewal, and missional community formation. This morning, we're going to really focus on a couple different things that I want to address on the basis of what, does, what are we actually talking about in the areas of revitalization in terms of the need. And I think we could probably all assess. There's a, because we're focusing and we're, we're really in the process of looking at Military congregational renewal, There is a, a, that's a big swath of things that need to be um, reformed, revitalized in, in order to really see long-term renewal. And that revitalization um, can look like a couple different things. So one is like kind of the cosmetic revitalization. So if you looked at maybe a makeover, extreme home makeover, extreme home makeover is a little much. But like if you just did a quick makeover right, of a house or something like that, you're remodeling um, your you know, your your bathroom, like a scale of remodeling that I would do. You'd put some paint on it, right? Maybe um, modernize it up a little bit, make it look oh, like the bathroom has been built in the last 20 years or something like that, right? I mean, so um, there's some cosmetic re- remodeling that needs to take place. And maybe if you were doing an equivalent, maybe that'd be like a rebranding of a chapel or a renaming, you know, you're going from chapel next to something else in a contemporary format, or maybe... Um, we Our liturgical service is no longer called liturgical here at Humphreys. It's Christ the King. So maybe there's like a rebranding or a reclarifying or something like that that tends to take place, and that's generally a cosmetic renewal that, that takes place. And th- that thing is sometimes necessary. Um, I think there's a lot of areas in which, as a chapel community, we can really do some good cosmetic renewal That would that's important, right? It's part of it being missiologically focused if you were going to to China or you're going to other parts of the world um, when you planted a church that it would need to look like China to some extent in the sense that you look like you would you were in China versus in you know Portland for example so when we see um, cosmetic renewal um, that tends to scratch the itch um, for most people they're like oh, okay so we've seen this kind of Cosmetic revitalization, this chapel's really doing it. We're really contemporary in that sense. And that's kind of like, it's really a contemporary type of framework, but um, you know, the that, that logos and all that other stuff that tend to go along with it. Praise and worship music, you lower the lights. That's kind of a, an older version of making all this happen. Pastor wears skinny jeans. Uh, they tell pithy jokes as part of their sermon. You know, the cosmetic renewal that, that tends to take place. And that, is important um, but we also see a very big need for structural renewal and that's kind of where um, I think the long term the long game is really gonna see a lot of fruit is that when we're talking about structural renewal so we're, we are going to address both things a cosmetic renewal and structural renewal but both of those need to be uh, clarified so structural renewal would be something along, I mean when I took over as a church at Ames Baptist the actual facility needed to be structurally built, refixed. Like it wasn't just the fact that we need to hip it up a little bit and put some wood paneling, wood slats or something like that um, on the walls or you know, mood lighting or something else like that. But literally, I looked and this wonderful woman, Linda Lovelady, who was playing our piano at the time, was actually slanted to the left and the piano was also slanted to the left. I was like, what is going on? Look at the back of the building, and the building is seemingly kind of straight. So, like, literally there's a twist in the entire structure of the facility to the left at the front of the stage. And as like, we kind of pointed it out, everybody, all, you know, they had been there, you know, for 20 years and really began to see it. So, me and Kenneth Hoisington, our engineer extraordinaire, he, we climbed under, uh, underneath the, the facility and actually began to take a look and saw that the building, which was built in, like, the 30s, 40s range... After all these guys got back home for from World War II, that the foundation was basically mortar brick and mortar underneath and like in stacks and like little pillars underneath the the church and those bricks and those mortars had begun to crack and crumble and actually had tipped over, and the building was flat in the ground now, in order to fix the interior to make it cooler, all we needed to do was some paint some remodeling in order to fix the structure of the building, what we needed to do was get jacks, like floor jacks, lift the building, build complete new foundations and structures, keep the building from completely imploding. And it was, it was super complicated and required a lot of work. Kenneth, God bless him, um, made it happen. And we were able to, to make the building straight again. And that was kind of the motto. So, um, Making the building straight. We didn't make T-shirts about that, but that's kind of what we ended up doing. We flattened the building. It was no longer. Linda was sitting straight up, probably improved her posture, and she was able to play uh, the piano um, and more effectively, maybe. So anyway, structural renewal versus cosmetic renewal. Cosmetic tends to be quicker and easier. Like I can come into a, a congregation or a chapel setting and do redo some branding, hip it up, order some banners, um, maybe... Change the vibe, get some lightings, get some lighting and stuff like that, build a website. A lot of those things, um, I can learn to do on YouTube and, and the cosmetic renewal tends to happen. People think, oh well, this this chapel's really making it happen and they're trendy and, and and really anybody, I mean you don't have to be young to do that, but you know, our generation probably has a little bit more of a knack, and I'm getting out of that generation at this point too, is that they have a little bit more of a knack to make that happen. Okay, that's great. Um and some of that stuff is needed and we need to to upgrade. We need to move to digital giving. We need to be able... There's some things that need to happen in our context. You know, using kids' check-ins, planning center online, all the kind of things that tend to go along with it. Um, Utilizing websites, resources, right now media, doing online. in 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 this age of kind of COVID-19, being able to live stream your service is important. Okay, so being able to do these things and to be able to address the needs in a kind of a contemporary modern world is significant. Structural renewal, I really believe, though, is they really the primary thing that's going to actually cause genuine revitalization in Army military congregations. Because there's a lot of different congregational formats or gatherings or kind of denominational um, looks within the military congregation as a whole, broad-based. And all of these things can actually undergo cosmetic, but also structurally, um, some structural renewal as you know their understanding of, of of God and the mission of God is adjusted, so or it reflects biblically. So what we're kind of talking about is this kind of idea of mission of God and understanding the the context of the scriptures as a story where God is pursuing and is the the missional God as a whole. And I use missional as that language because we're really looking at talking about changing and, and moving our congregations to being a missional culture, that that orientation, that shift, isn't necessarily just for contemporary Protestant congregations. And I want to help us understand that. I do believe, obviously, as we're talking about, and my perspective as I'm talking about military chapel revitalization, I'm a, I'm a Protestant Christian Evangelical Chapel, and I'm endorsed by the Southern Baptist Convention, I've been a part of the Acts 29 Church Planning Network. I'm coming at it from a framework, and I recognize that. But the orientation of a chapel community to actually serve the community and orientate its posture towards community renewal takes a restructuring and a reorientation of that community, of that chapel, sorry, um, of that military congregation specifically. So in order to do that, really, there's, there's some, biblical, um, some biblical guidelines and some, some orientations that I, I just kind of want to walk through and just what that looks like uh, for us. And, and I'm going to pull up the idea of really the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus speaks that you are the salt and the light, um, salt of the earth. The earth is not lost, the saltiness, this idea of being the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Now, we're talking about taking and shifting from this kind of lighthouse mentality to a streetlight mentality. And the lighthouse mentality being, I can build a lighthouse in the middle of the town. that's going to scan across the town. It's going to shine a light over lots of parts of it. Great. And that's kind of the attractional model. Hey, there's a light there. But the this kind of missional model is to say, okay, well, instead of having just one big streetlight, that inevitably will leave dark spots all over the city because there's buildings and mountains you know, hills or whatever else, that that light isn't going to be able to touch multiple parts of the city. And what we're finding is really these days in our post-Christian world, the, the lighthouse mentality is touching less and less and less, and there's more and more dark spots in our communities. And those communities are really being shadowed and blocked by a lot of the the modern contemporary problems or the modern contemporary world in which we live in. We live in a, dig, a digital a capitalistic age or iPhones, th- those things are sh- are blocking really this kind of attractional model and shaping the way we think about our contemporary world. So we're people aren't waking up on Sunday morning thinking I should go to church on Sunday. They're just not. It doesn't matter how amazing or bright your light or attractional your church congregational setting, your con- your essentially, your cosmetic renewal setting is, it's just not going, people aren't going to just wake up on Sunday morning and think I'm going to go to church. So, um, they're not waiting on me to ride in on a Harley and smoke and, and get out in my leather jacket. I don't know if that's cool anymore, actually. Um, but they're not waiting on that to actually finally come to church. They're not waiting on me to watch more movies and make more pithy statements or wear tighter jeans, whatever else, right? So that's not the necessarily the issue, right? So the reason is the gospel isn't reaching the depths and they're not being able to see the congregate or the church in this setting. And so we want to really create streetlights that would put light in smaller pockets all over the city, so the light of the gospel shines to the dark places and the gospel is being made clear. So that takes a massive structural reorientation of the military chapel community in order to create a system where there is streetlights, essentially, all over your military installation or your greater community. So this kind of streetlight mentality, this model... Uh, we believe is the way ahead because we live in really in a post-Christian type of world. So um, I, I would just encourage you, if you want to learn more about kind of the post-Christian type of context of post-Christian world, there's a lot of different podcasts that do a much better job and are much more educated in this process And I'm learning from. And I'll just uh, this cultural moment uh, by Mark Sayers and John Mark Comer is great. Um, there's a, there's a handful of others that that tend to be really, really good. And I just really point you to uh, some congregations, some churches, maybe uh, uh, King's Cross, a lot of those guys there. And then there's some churches in um, Church of the City in New York. Um, there's a lot of guys, uh, John Tyson and those folks, who are really doing a great job of, through prayer and renewal and revitalization, being able to do it. Also, the Saturate the World guys who are, who are leading Soma communities, um, the family of churches there that are, are just fantastic um, in terms of forming missional communities. And we get a lot of the language that we're using for this from these, from these gentlemen who do such a great job of articulating um, the moment, so to speak. So this idea, though, of, of, of really restructuring and re, re- uh, structural remodeling or structural renewal uh, is really based on our prioritization of chapel communities, one, within the RSO and how those tend to function, and then two, really orienting our chapel communities to serve the community in order to make the gospel clear. So there's some biblical things. So it's salt and light. And then the, I, Jeremiah um, 29, 11, which um, I really learned, oddly enough, when I was I re- trying to do a wedding. I was doing a wedding service for my sister, and I was preaching through Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and hope. And so that was kind of taken a little bit, you know, we always take that out of context. And when I was looking at the context of the text, I was learning from like Tim Keller and Chris Wright, who wrote remarkably on the mission of God. And and I saw the rest of the passage, which I was like, wow, that seems a little bit more than I had originally anticipated. Learning how to live as exiles here, he says, "...build houses and live in them," verse 5. "...plant gardens and eat the produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons." And give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. So we're looking at what does it mean to seek the welfare of the city? It means to flourish in that city, and to seek the welfare of that city, and to plant and to multiply in that city, in order that the gospel might be made clear. He goes on to say, Don't be distracted and deceived by their gods, or the dreams that they dream, and and to. to he says, "For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them." Declares the Lord. He he reorients us to the to the biblical mandate and mission, and this idea that Jesus goes on to calls us to in his apprenticeship is really important in the context of us being missional in our communities. And so, First um, Peter two nine, which we really has have become a, really a mandate here, and the verse that we always kind of point to at agape. <clears throat> This idea of living as exiles, um, you know, this alternative view of exile, which he actually says you're not exiles. Essentially, you're, you know, in terms of the community of God, but exiles in the world, um, is kind of a fascinating twist on on this text. And to be able for us to to look at First Peter two nine and say, you know, you are a family, really, of servant missionaries. And I'll read it to you. It says this. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And once you were not a people, but now you are a people. And once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak of you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. We live in community, on mission, and we abstain and, and separate ourselves from the, really the addictions and the kind of the secular age in which we live in, in order that the gospel we might make clear in these kind of communities of faith on mission. It's an orientation, and a posturing to seek the welfare of the city in small missional communities. We image God; we're image bearers of God by living really as a family, as this describes, on mission and in community as servants who love and seek the welfare of the city which we are planted. So this is, this is a theologically important because this is a theological revitalization. Revitalization happens when our hearts are hot for the things of the gospel. And if we're not anchored into this, then we can't really see revitalization. So we need to pray. We need to seek God's face. And then we need to begin to orientate and reorientate our structures and how we make disciples and how we posture ourselves out outward in terms of serving the community and on mission in order for there to be authentic revitalization. There needs to be structural revitalization for us to actually see genuine renewal in military congregations. There needs to be cosmetic revitalization, but it is a smaller part of the overall puzzle, right? And just reiterate one more time before we go. Revitalization must be both cosmetic and structural in order for us to see genuine renewal on military installations. The cosmetic piece is important, but it is not primary because it lends itself to making and, and for us being an a, a, a tra- attractional model on a service on the Sunday. And we have to actually reorient the chapel communities and see structural renewal So that we're planting missional communities um, that are making the gospel clear in the small corners of our community, all over our installation. And the people of God are making the gospel clear. And the gospel is the attraction as it manifests itself through the people of God on mission and in community. hope that's clear. More to follow. And what we're going to look at in the way ahead is we will still address the cosmetic renewal, but we're going to look really at the structural renewal that must take place in order for us to see genuine growth long term. Long term. Thanks, and I'll let you go. See you next time. You can find more from us at prodeochapel.com and click on our social media platform to connect with us there.